Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. I have been on Voice America with this program almost 23 years now, and it's an incredible network, and it really helps people to solve their problems, find solutions, create opportunities in so many and in most of the programs on different genres. Again, my program, the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, is all about turning your obstacles into opportunities. Right. And making your dreams come true. And today I have on a guest who helps people do just that. Her name is Danielle Pai, and she is a board certified positive psychologist and mindfulness coach and author of over 10 works that integrate both spirituality and creative writing. Danielle earned her undergraduate degree in media, culture and communication from NYU, New York University her Master of Professional Writing from Chatham University, and her Master of Metaphysics from the University of Metaphysical Sciences. She's a fiction writer who purposely creates older characters doing exciting things as a way to change our ageist perspectives that are prevalent in books today, including ageism. And she's also a creativity coach and a book coach, and she's a content creator, voiceover artist, and very much helping people understand mindfulness. Welcome, Danielle. Patricia, thank you so much for having me on the show. I've been excited about this all day. It's so good to connect. Thank you so much. Yes, very excited. You know, we have had a lot of stress in the last three years with COVID. And mental health has been something that we haven't always talked about. It's been more hidden. But now with COVID, it's it's coming out more that it's more like a physical health problem rather than a stigma. So talk about how you help people with mental health issues and what you've seen during COVID and since COVID. Yeah, so such a big transition. So to kind of set the stage, um, as a positive psychology and mindfulness coach, I'm also cognitive behavior therapy informed, so I'm not licensed, but I work in collaboration with therapists. Um, So we can talk a little bit, too, about the difference between coaching and therapy. But what we're seeing is um, it really coming to the forefront that people need support. And there was such a stigma for the longest time, which is fortunately changing, you know, uh, the stigma that there's something wrong if you need support, when in reality, one in five people each year suffer from mental illness. Now, that's not necessarily a chronic condition like a diagnosable something. This is just somebody could go through a health event. They could suffer the loss of a loved one and go or even with COVID, what we saw, how it was affecting people. So and then the next year they can be fine. But what are they doing for support in that transition? Mm -hmm. You know, we're seeing people suffering uh, burnout in the workplace. So what I'm noticing that the bright side that's coming out of it, the positive that's coming out of it is the destigmatization of mental health. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's okay to seek help. And also, um, you and know, there's more courses about it now and more people are talking about it. There's more workplace webinars and seminars on this. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you have to figure within a lifetime, 50% of us are going to go through something, right? Mm -hmm. And it should be as common as you go to the doctor when you're sick for physical ailment. Why not talk to a coach, a therapist, a spiritual advisor, or take advantage of some of these online resources, some of which I offer, which we can talk a little bit about. Um, and not everybody necessarily, some do, but not everybody necessarily needs a therapist to dig through the traumas and of things that from their past. Sometimes people are stressed in the moment. They're really trying to navigate feeling stuck in work and life. And they just need a brainstorm buddy. They have all the answers, but they need to bounce some ideas off of a coach to kind of have those aha moments to change their thinking so that they can move forward in the best possible way. Yeah, so true. How do you work with people? Now, again, as you said, everybody's different. Yeah. You know, um, one thing you might do with one person may work beautifully and may not work with another person. Exactly. So how, how do you even evaluate that and know and know which technique to use? Yeah, it takes a little bit of uh, some some conversation on the first session. So I have my private practice, and in that practice, I tend to work more with women, but that's not exclusive to that. I also partner with mental health companies for workplace wellness. So I have all gamut of of populations, ages, and their backgrounds. And usually it's asking a few questions, kind of finding out where they are in life, what their belief systems are, engaging from there. Because I have some people who maybe are very spiritual and they want to do some kind of intuitive writing activity. They want to do some kind of mindfulness uh, meditation to kind of tap into that. Where if somebody else is like, I am working on performance, I just want to do better at my job, just help me get some tools. It is simply like prioritizing and breaking apart, you know, what's taking their focus away from what needs to be done. And so that comes from just having that first conversation to kind of feel people out. Mm -hmm. Are you finding that most of the people you work with can be helped in a few sessions? Are you finding the problems are deeper? What are you seeing? It really varies. I would say in general, it's good to have six to eight sessions at minimum, because that really helps you work through a goal that's happening in the present. But I do have people that I've worked with for a year because they have lots of things. And usually when it's a long-term something like that, it's less performance and more general well-being. And they might also be working in collaboration with a therapist. Mm -hmm. So for example, if somebody comes to me and says, you know, I'm up for a promotion at work and I want to just figure out how to put my best foot forward, well, you might have three, four sessions with that person. But if you have somebody on the lower level of well-being where they're like, I'm having trouble getting out of bed in the morning, I am stressed beyond belief, I don't like myself, I have all these negative thoughts, well, before you can talk about changing career and putting the best foot forward, you got to work on the self-stuff. Yes. And that takes a little more time. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. So now, in doing this work, you're also a prolific author. You've written books, nine books, now 10 books, and and novels. How do you tie this into your writing? Yeah. Into into writing or into coaching or kind of kind of the whole into your writing, into your books. Okay. So in my writing, um, you know, I didn't start off that way. I was writing 
fiction purely because I I just loved it. I'd have all these dreams and I remember my dreams with all these fantastic stories and I'm like, I've got to get it out. And it turned out to be, it's what started off as something that was just fun and creative for me. Um, the characters, I were kind of driven by some of the things that I'm seeing around me. And at first it wasn't intentional and then it became intentional. Um, for example, uh, you and I have spoken about this before. I talk about ageism. I talk about gendered ageism, but instead of getting on a soapbox and saying women should be respected, I just show it instead of tell it kind of the show don't tell. So, um, where that came from is just in my own reading. I was reading books about women my age, I'm 50, and they made it seem like all the characters that were doing things that were interesting were 20 and 25 and people who are 50 plus were crotchety and old and not that interesting. And I'm like, wait a minute, they're talking about me and I don't feel that way. So I purposely created characters of all ages doing incredibly fun and exciting things regardless. And if there was an opportunity to switch where something is typically a role you'd see a man doing, I would give it to a woman. Or if something that a woman would be doing, I might give it to a man and purposefully mix things up a little bit. I do think, though, and and the question is, isn't it changing? We don't have as much ageism. They say, you know, 60 is the new 40 and 70 is the new 50. People are working longer. People are really very active. Not everyone, but it is changing. What do you think? I do think it's changing. Um, we still got a ways to go. Uh, when I talk to a coaching client and they say, oh, a younger person says, you look great for your age. And I bite my tongue, but I want to say, well, I think I look great for any age, but I don't. <laughs> you know. So I, I do think that it is getting better. We're seeing uh, better representation in the media, and that's only been in the last, I think, few years that that we see it changing. So I agree with you. Yeah. In fact, we're seeing movies now with women in their 70s and 80s. I mean, think about the book club. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and so, yes, I mean, these are women that are have taken care of themselves. They've had the means to do that. And they've had, you know, they had the opportunities, but still we're showing them as role models. Yeah, I will say one thing. I think we can do a a better job of reaching young women, say in their their 20s and 30s, because I did a meditation that's one of my most popular ones on Insight Timer, and it was honoring the aging process. And it was for older women to embrace how their body's changing. And instead of saying, oh, you can't do this anymore, look how your body's failing you, thank your body for all the ways it supports you. Thank for all the wisdom and the centeredness that comes with age. Well, I had 20-something-year-old women emailing me saying thank you because they had such a bad self-image and they're mm-hmm. worried about aging as to me what seems like such a young age. Mm-hmm. And I was and that was kind of eye-opening that we need to do a better job of, you know, body positive and sending positive yeah. messages to people. And in other cultures. We do see that. We do see the elders who are revered. We do see the elders who are prized for their wisdom. So there are other cultures that see it and show it differently. Absolutely. And I I believe we've talked about it before uh, in the blue zones where they lie about their age because it is such a sign of wisdom. They want people to see them as older. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That book was written by Dan Buettner, 
Yes. And and it's really fascinating. He traveled all over the world to find five places where people live the longest and healthiest. So blue zones, it's pretty amazing. We're going to take a break, Danielle, and when we come back, there's so much to talk about with you. Um, and we'll talk more about writing, but we'll also talk more about life transitions and midlife because I know that you do programs on this as well. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Um, we'll be back with Danielle Pai right after the break. And Danielle is a board-certified positive psychology and mindfulness coach and author of over 10 books that integrate spirituality and creative writing. We'll be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back my guest is danielle pai And she is a board-certified positive psychology and mindfulness coach and author of over 10 books that integrate both spirituality and creative writing. She's also a fiction writer, and she really capitalizes on the positive in writing about midlife, about women, 
and about creativity as well. Welcome back, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Let's talk about your mindfulness coaching. And when you work with people on mindfulness, what does that mean? Does that mean focusing on an object? Does it mean deep breathing? Does it mean doing yoga and meditation? Does it mean doing visualizations? Or could it be any of those? Yes, <laughs> to uh-huh. all of those things and more. And each person is different. Um, and there are so many different approaches, but it's one of my favorite types of coaching because it can be applied in so many different ways. So, for example, in a workplace, if someone is coming to me and they're stressed and they're like, well, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, I could do And then I just hit the pause. I have them take a breath and let them say, let's center. And we might do just a very quick centering where we focus on our breathing, noticing the inhalation and exhalation and the qualities of our breath just to kind of get people to take that pause enough so that they're not going in so many different directions. And from there is kind of that that place of calmness that's a starting point to where we go next. For some people, it might be, um, not, it could be yoga, but sometimes it is a physical movement that we actually do even on a Zoom call if people respond to that. It could be, journaling, like, for example, um, stream of conscious writing, because, and one of the things we'll probably talk more about today is those thinking traps and the negative self-talk that prevents people from moving on. So if we do some writing activities to get those out, um, it could be music. It could be using music as a way of either creating music or creating art or some kind of creativity just to decompress and take some time because people don't take time for themselves mm-hmm. and giving them homework. You know, your your homework is to play in a creative space and enjoy yeah. it. Have you found that music is very healing? I find that when I listen to music, particularly seascape music or soundscape music or, you know, just that very relaxing type music, that it really makes a difference for me. Even when I'm working, I find it helps me um, to uh, be more productive. You know, yes. And you know what's funny is everybody is a little bit different. So for you and I, I listen to things without words, just the music scapes, Mm, some of the ambient music, the binaural beats I love. But some people might like salsa music or dancing and they need to move. Some people need the heavy rock music because it helps them exercise and energizes them. So when people feel stressed, if they listen to music, I'll say, well, what's your favorite song? Can you send it to me? And we talk about it. And how they talk about music and the song and why they love it typically relates to what they what makes them feel good. Yeah. 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 And it could be different music for different things. I mean, when I really want to move or jog, then I'll listen to the rock music or the heavy beat music. But when I just want to calm down and really concentrate, I'll listen to the more soundscape music. Yes, uh, yes. And I'm a big advocate, too, of people learning an instrument. Um, I study the piano. My husband studies the guitar. I actually volunteer at a music school um, for a friend who start because it is so not only good for mindfulness and stress reduction, but as we talk about um, aging in the best possible way, neuroplasticity, the, when you learn an mm-hmm. instrument, how it activates all the areas of your brain 
for motor skills, for memory, for decision making. So the next step too in that is to, to pick up an instrument and learn it. Even if you're bad at it, do it anyway. Yeah. Very true about what it does for the brain and what exercise does for the brain is also very powerful. You know, you wrote a book um, called the I am enough workbook and that ties in here because it gives a year's worth of weekly journaling prompts. So talk about that. Yeah. So that came out of working with people and giving them exercises um, on what makes them happier, what brings them more joy it comes out of research from cognitive behavior theory, um, from positive psychology. And what it asks people to do is to look at life in a variety of ways. And if they take that exercise, they might do it once, but they might do the same one every day for a week. An exercise might be write about a situation that happened to you, but take yourself out of it as if you're writing about a character in a book that's not you. Or write about a situation that where you got in an argument, but write it from the other person's perspective mm. and not from a, oh, because I'm a horrible person. It's not that. Write it from the what might have they have been thinking when they said that. Or we might look at gratitude, just writing down not only what you're grateful, but why, um, because when you read it back, it reinforces it. And when you share that gratitude with other people, it creates social connection. So in a nutshell, that was a very long answer. The journaling invites people to get out in nature and invites people to connect with others and to explore what happens in their life when they apply all these different pieces of being mindful. Yeah, very true. You know, and you were talking about, you know, the whole idea of of thinking positively. And this all helps with that, right? Because when we're sharing, we're releasing our feelings. But then also, in addition to that, we then, as we release them, we can then bring in the new. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, There's so much to support that gratitude writing, positive writing, transactional writing, even writing a letter to somebody mm -hmm. who did something for you in the past, writing a letter to your younger or future self or like to your younger self saying, hey, I know you're scared now as a child, but it's going to be okay. It does an amazing job of, as you very adequate, you know, appropriately said, releasing those things from the past and also connecting and, and giving a way for somebody else to understand you and yeah. to relate to you. Yeah. It's interesting. You were talking about joy and happiness. Yeah. And I recently came back from a trip and was in Copenhagen. Ooh. Copenhagen has the Happiness Museum. It's a very small little place. <laughs> I will send you the link, Danielle. It's incredible. It's a little, you know, and here's this beautiful city, and it's on a side street, but that's okay. It's there. And it really talks about what brings people joy and what are the statistics in terms of the countries. I actually took pictures of all, you know, all of the displays. It was amazing. But one thing I think you and the listeners would enjoy hearing is it was one room that was nothing but sticky notes. And what they asked you to do was take a sticky note and put down what brought you joy, what had most meaning in your life. So you could read these from all over the world. It, it really was wonderful. The Happiness Museum. The Happiness Museum. I Now I'm going to have to put that on my bucket list. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah, well, it was interesting because when I knew I was going to Copenhagen, my daughter said to me, Mom, did you know there's a happiness museum there? And I said, no, but I'm going there. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that was really great. Yeah. So, you know, Danielle, I mean, we've seen certainly a lot of issues and a lot of problems, particularly since COVID. But before we go to break, what would you say you're hopeful about? What have you seen in terms of what people are doing that is hope, excuse me, that is hopeful, that is, you know, bringing them joy, that is kind of breaking through the anxiety, if you will? You know, the, the best possible thing that I came out of that came out of COVID is people saying, you, taking a hard look at their lives and saying, I am tired of the shoulds of what people tell me I should do. Mm. I'm tired of the burnout. I want something different for myself and I'm going to go find it. And to me, for somebody to step into who they are and to their power is such an amazing thing. And as a yeah. coach to be able to support them. I think so. And I think even as you get older, sometimes it's harder because we're comfortable with where we are. We may not like it. We may complain about it, but it's what we know and we get comfortable. Well, COVID shook that up, didn't it? Nobody got to be comfortable. It kind of forced us out of our comfort zones in, yeah. in a way that we didn't expect. But I think we've, by and large, risen to the challenge for sure. Yeah, I think so. So we're going to take a break, but in, in the next segment, we're going to talk about one of your books. I know you've written nine books, but um, you're going to talk about the book, the upcoming novel, It Had to Be You. So you can think about that in many different ways. Uh, romantically, it could be in terms of work-related. But when we come back, Danielle's going to talk about what that means, why she wrote it, and just, you know, what what other books she thinks will kind of lead us toward more wellness, more joy, and more happiness. All right, let me share a little bit about Danielle Pai. Danielle Pai is a multi-genre author, board-certified positive psychology and mindfulness coach, and multimedia content creator and book coach. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Danielle's new novel. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burrows and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burrows and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, because everyone can make money in real estate. It is time to change the negative narrative of divorce. Families are hungry for a different option. 
Listen to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. You will discover how to function as one family living in two homes. There are high-functioning, stable, and happy divorce families living in your neighborhood. What's their secret sauce? What did their journey look like? Do they have regrets or recommendations? Let's find out. It's never too late to have a good divorce. The Good Divorce Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back my guest is danielle pie and She is a board-certified positive psychology and mindfulness coach and author of over 10 books that integrate both spirituality and creative writing. And one of her new books, or her newest book, is It Had to Be You. So welcome back, Danielle. And let's talk about this. And I asked during the break, It Had to Be You is the name of a song, correct? It is. And this one is not out yet, but it will be soon. So this is the third in a music mystery series. Um, So the first series I wrote, actually, the first year of COVID was a sci-fi trilogy, The Data Collectors. And then, but I've always um, had an eye towards, I love all the old detective stories, Um, you know, The Thin Man and Columbo and all of those. So I wanted to do something uh, a, a cozy mystery series, and it was based on music because I love music. Um, the first one was If I Didn't Care, and that takes place in New York. Because of COVID, I could not go back to New York. So I I was like, you know what? I'm going to write it from how I remember it from the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it's almost a semi-historical piece, and it's so fun to look backwards because it talks about technology that people don't think the internet or that's not going to go anywhere cell phones that's not going to go anywhere and it talks about emerging technology as well as like a fun mystery the second one pennies from heaven as you know also a song and this third one actually is going to take place primarily in ireland i took a trip there last year for my 50th birthday um and what's kind of unique while they are a typical cozy mystery i want people to be able to solve it about three quarters of the way through i hope people will start to be like hmm i wonder Um, but what's fun is each book, the lead character changes. So who's the lead in the first becomes a sub character and somebody else emerges in the second and somebody else in the third, and they're very different personalities. Um, so if you like mysteries there, I think they're a ton of fun. I certainly have fun writing them. 
It's funny when you say that, all I can think of is the Nancy Drew books yes. when I was a kid. Yes. I think I read every single one of the Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that now how do you get your inspiration for writing? And and you talked a little bit how much you love mysteries. How to not only get the inspiration, but sit down and do it. You know, do you have to push yourself into the seat? Or does it just come naturally? What's, so, what's your process? That is a great question because um, as a as a book coach, I approach things in a really kind of a inverted, backwards way. Um, when I was writing, I thought, again, we talk about shoulds. We should write a certain way. I should outline it. I should have the characters. I should have the scenes. Well, I sat on some of these works for years and they didn't come out of me because I thought I had to have the outline from start to finish. And one day, and you'll appreciate this, I was in meditation and I'm like, I am not coming out of this meditation until I have the answer. And I sat for over an hour and a little, my little internal voice said, sit down and write whatever scene comes to mind now. Don't worry about, about it. You could put it in the right order later. So most of my books are written out of order. Whatever mm. scene comes to the forefront is what I write, and then I piece it together later. That's, yes. su that's such a great idea, because I think what happens is we sit down. I know I write as well, and we sit down and say, well, I've got to write this. I've got, and then it's it's forcing it. Yes. Rather than, and, and what I'm finding is if, if something comes to me and I say, that's going to go in the book when I write the book. Yeah. Uh, I try to get it down. I don't always, but I think that makes a big difference too. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of sources of inspiration, there's two two things. Number one, as I mentioned, I get a ton from dreams. And if I have a wacky, you know, when people say I had the wackiest dream and they laugh about it and then get about their day, I have the wackiest dream. And I'm like, that character is phenomenal. And as soon as I wake up, I'm picking up my little, I have a think book and I just write the character in a little if I have an idea that comes to mind, a funny line, I'm just going to write it down and I don't have to know what I'm going to do with it yet. I just get it down on paper. It will emerge when it's ready to. Mm. And to me, the only thing that I hold myself to is writing every day. Now, maybe one day off a week, so at least six days a week. And if you're not working on your book, you are writing something, you're journaling, you're writing an article um, so that you create that healthy habit. Mm. But outside of that, as long as you're you're committing the time to it, how the process goes is going to be different for, for everybody. Mm. How, how long do you suggest someone writes per day? Whatever you can commit to. I would say if people can commit to an hour a day, do it. That's not always possible. For me, I try to do an hour a day during the work week and on the weekend. Sometimes I'll do a four-hour block. Um, there are, If I have a vacation and I have the time, I might block off an entire eight-hour day. And so I would say whatever they can commit to on a regular basis. Yeah. Do you find that when you coach people, that they have difficulty sitting down and writing? It depends on what they're writing. I think the hardest part is the starting and the prioritizing, right? So once you get through the gate, right? So that, that initial phase, well, there's two things. The initial phase of who do I think I am to write a book? Who's going to read it? What are people going to think of me? People are going to think I'm flaky. I'm not a writer. I'm not, a, I'm not a. So once they get past that block, 
and say, I am a writer and I'm going to do this. The second block is, but I have so many ideas, I don't know. So it's like gathering them up, listing them out and saying, what are we including in this book? What are we putting on the back burner? And once that's sorted and they have like a plan, then it it's flows. It's just that, it's just getting out of the gate. Yeah, and the outline too makes a difference. A loose outline, right? So it depends on the person, right? So some people want to have a very detailed outline from start to finish. I have a general blueprint of where the story is going to start, who done it, what are some of the subplots and where it's going to end. But the characters drive the story in a way that I'm surprised. There were characters that revealed kind of themselves. It sounds crazy, but they revealed themselves to be something different than what I intended. And just being willing to go with that flow, mm. particularly fiction, right? So I guess what we're talking about in fiction, it's probably going to be a little more meandering. Whereas nonfiction, if it's a memoir, for example, it's going to be a little more concise because you want things in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. So when one of the things you do in addition to this is you do podcasts. So how does that tie in? Do you do podcasts based on your writing? Do you do podcasts based on aging? You were talking about midlife and positive thinking. So the podcast I currently do, I've had a, other podcasts for years that I'm not currently running. The one that I work on consistently, and you've been on the show with uh, Dr. Roger, The Bright Side of Longevity. And we do that right now. We're doing it monthly in the summer. That might pick back up in the fall to two times uh, a month. And we talk about um, more along lines of po healthy longevity and what it is to age in a better way. For myself, I just recently transitioned where I'm doing two things. I do my YouTube videos, little segments. I do my insight timer meditations and I write my medium articles uh, or tidbits. So what used to be the podcast is now a little video and the focus will be on either something mental health related, something coaching related or something writing and creativity related. And it's a little sound bite. Uh, like maybe three minutes just to give somebody something to think about to kind of move forward with whatever their goal is. Give us an example of one. Okay. So I did one recently on talking about personality types. Now, not everybody likes, say, MBTI or Myers-Briggs personality types. I find them fascinating. And the people who reach out to me usually feel the same way. And that will look at an introvert versus an extrovert, uh, a judging personality, somebody who's super organized versus somebody who's more go with the flow. And understanding ourselves, it creates a greater um, self-awareness and social awareness. So I'll do like a primer on what it is and how it's used could be one case. Um, another one, uh, and we're going to talk about, I know we're going to talk more about this coming up, are thinking traps. What kinds of inner critic stuff the negative self-talk is holding us back or what's holding us back from accomplishing our goals. Like I did the one most recent one is, you know, ignoring the squirrels. I don't know if you have a dog, but I have a dog. And every time a squirrel goes by, it's like, oh, squirrel, I got to chase it. Oh, there's a bird, got to chase it. Um, and people get like that too with their goals where they get distracted. So it's looking at where are your distractions and what kind of Processes can we put in place to put those aside 
and stay focused on what you want for yourself. Yeah, great. All right, we're going to we're coming up on a break and let me share a little bit more about definitely about Dan- Danielle Pai, right? And she's written several books, actually nine books and some are in a trilogy format as well. Right. So there, there's there's quite a bit. And you can go to the website. What is your website, Danielle? It is DaniellePaye.com. Okay, great. All right. So Danielle is a fiction writer. She's a multimedia specialist. She's a board certified positive psychology, health and well-being coach. She's a podcast producer and a co-host. And she lives in Florida. She has many pets. And she earned her Bachelor of Science degree in media, culture, and communication with a minor in theater and music from New York University, her Master's of Professional Writing from Chatham University, and a Master's of Metaphysical Sciences from the University of Metaphysical Sciences. And she loves nature and travel and the arts and is known for dancing and singing around the living room at any time. And it's really a free spirit. And it's really helping people. Um, I definitely make their dreams come true and turn their obstacles into opportunities. So uh, we're really happy to have Danielle on. And again, um, any other websites you want to send them to? You said it's Danielle Pei, and so spell that, please. Yes, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, P as in Peter, A-L-L-I dot com. And that will lead you to everything else. Uh, YouTube, Insight Timer, I have a new Udemy course that I co-created with Dr. Marcy Leverage on stress reduction and finding joy, but you can find all of it through my main website, daniellepaye.com. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about what you said before, which is thinking traps and how that can some somehow stop us. And not just thinking traps, but also self-talk. Right. Because the thinking trap leads then to the self-talk. And then once we have the negative self-talk, it's sometimes hard to get out of it to move forward. So that's something certainly that we're going to talk about in, in our last segment with Danielle today. All right. All right, everyone. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. 
Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. My guest is Danielle Pai. And she's a board-certified positive psychology and mindfulness coach and author of over 10 books that integrate both spirituality and creative writing. And we've been talking about creative writing. We've been talking about mindfulness, uh, also about midlife and really learning how to be positive and kind of accept where we are and move in positive ways. And Daniel works with, with people through coaching through writing, um, through podcasts as well. Welcome back, Danielle. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Yeah. And what I know we want to talk about is having said all of that, of how you help people move through these things to be positive and proactive and make their dreams come true. We all have those little demons in our head. We all have those little thinking traps and those negative things that say, you can't do this. It's not going to work because I can't go there. That won't happen. And that stops us. How do we get through that? Yeah. So silencing that inner critic, I think the first, there's two first steps. First step, as we've mentioned before, write down, kind of download all the things you're thinking about, writing out where do your thoughts go? Um, what negative things do you keep saying about yourself? What are the negative beliefs that might be holding you back? And rethink your definition of failure. Mm-hmm. Like people think or uh, worry, if I fail at something, I'm a failure. They they mislabel. That's one of those thinking traps where they say, I messed this up, so I, I'm a failure. No, you may have failed at something, or as Thomas Edison would say, I have just figured out a thousand ways that it didn't work, but now I know how it does work. Yes, so yes. it's it's learning how to make a failure productive and realize yeah. that if you never fail, you're never growing. You're never reaching wow. your potential. Yeah. So you're always playing it safe. So just learning to be comfortable with the idea that I'm going to try something that has meaning to me, and I might fall flat on my butt, but I'm going to try anyway. Yeah. So give us an example of some of those thinking traps. Yeah. The the biggest one that I see is the shoulding and musting. Mm. I should not be doing this. I should be doing something for someone else. 
and giving somebody permission to do something that is important to them. And they create these really big rigid rules for themselves. And they're usually really excessively big, right? Like I know you're familiar with smart, measurable goals. Well, sometimes people come to me with goals like, I want to live my best life and be a healthier, happier person. I want to, and it's, and I want to have all these wonderful things in life and I want to be a success. And I'll be like, okay, well, what is, what does it mean to be a success? What, what does success look like? And sometimes they have such big dreams, which is great, but it feels unreachable. The minute that they don't get there, they, they get out the starting gate and they're like, oh, I can't do this. And then they crash and burn. So taking those like little tiny steps toward the big goal and only looking at that helps. I think some of the other ones I think I see a lot are the mental filter. Like we have the negativity bias and we know that's good. That keeps us safe uh, from harm. But when we only think of the worst case scenarios, and we catastrophize. Yes. yes. Then it's like, okay, you can talk yourself out of any great idea just by, well, what if I write this book and people laugh at me and then they hear about it at work and then my boss thinks it's stupid and then he fires me and then <laughs> go to all these places yeah. when yeah. what are the chances of that actually happening? Yes. And yeah. if it did, what are you going to do about it? You know, that's another part of uh, some of the coaching is like, okay, so what if it does? What if the worst case happens? How will you cope? And people realize, oh, I I guess I can change direction. Yes, you can. Yeah. But I think part of that is the self-awareness, Danielle, because there's a saying, if you can name it, you can tame it. But if it's going on and you're not even aware and it just runs away with you, then you can't you can't change it or or fix the way you're thinking because it's it's kind of controlling you absolutely awareness is the first step and reaching that awareness sometimes takes time sometimes people come to that on their own through doing a meditation like what's your brain telling you what are you thinking about what you're doing you know, if I ask somebody, what do, what are you going to do after you accomplish this great certification they're doing? Somebody was doing a certification. And her first answer was, well, I'm going to tell myself it's about darn time I got this done. I've been working on it for years. And I said, really? Your first thought is not, go me. I accomplished this great goal and I became certified. Your first, your first thought is going to be, well, it, what took me so long? And it's the critical self-talk. So sometimes you have to have other yeah. people point it out to you too. <laughs> yeah. What are some exercises or meditations um, or techniques that you think can help people with that? Because a lot of us have that. And sometimes it takes us a little while to pull out of it, if you will. Yes. Yes. So there's there's a couple. If you're doing purely a meditation, which I realize not everybody gravitates towards mindfulness and meditation, but and I do have some guided ones online that are free. But it starts with even just the very basic sitting and noticing what's happening in your body. What do you notice physically? Okay, what do you notice that's happening emotionally? And that's harder than it seems because we're never just happy, sad. We might have some nuances in there, like I'm fearful or I'm a little uncomfortable or I'm embarrassed or, you know, so knowing what you're feeling 
and knowing what you're thinking because all of those pieces go together. And once you start to do those activities, you're going to notice like you and I having a conversation, if suddenly my shoulder's cramping up, I'm going to be asking myself, why is that? What's the thought that's causing this tension? Mm -hmm. Or if I feel this lightness of being like, what did, what made me just light up that way? Obviously this is a, this is a yes. I'm getting a good yes. So that's the first one. The second one that's been very powerful in working with people is the stream of conscious writing. Uh, Some people look at it more like intuitive writing. So you can be tapping into your own inner knowledge, or depending on your belief system, you might be tapping into that universal energy or or the divine, depending on your belief, where you ask a question, you sit down and you write. It doesn't matter how silly it seems, whatever's coming to your mind and not in complete sentences, and then look at the pattern because the patterns make themselves known. Yeah. So it's it's really being aware, and it's also the desire, right? It's the desire to say, I don't want to keep thinking like this because it's not helping me. Yes, and calling in supporters. I can't say this enough. When people are stuck and you ask, who do you have to talk to about this? And they say, me, their coach, and I'm happy to help them. But who else? Who are your friends who, when you get into that cycle, say, of rumination, I'm never going to do this. I can't do this. And you're and you're nervous to have a friend say, Patricia yes. or Danielle, you're doing yeah. that again. Just take a yeah. breath. You, you've done you've accomplished yes. this before. You can do it again. Yeah. You know, and I've had that and it's been very helpful to me. Really has made a difference. Closing yeah. thoughts, Danielle. What would you like to close our interview with? What would you like to leave our listeners with today? Don't wait to live the life that you want. It may not be that you can have everything immediately, but you can have things that you want. Think not if, think how. And you'll get a whole lot closer to it if you think, how am I going to do this? Not, can I do this? Yeah. Thank you so much, Danielle Pai. And again, uh, your website is? It is daniellepai.com, lots of L's. D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-P-A-L-L-I.com. And Patricia Raskin, thank you so much. This was such a joy being with you today. Yeah, I feel the same way. Thank you so much, Danielle. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, this wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, If you'd like a copy of my newsletter, which I send out every month with all these wonderful guests, write to me at patricia at patriciaraskin.com. You can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. And if you'd like to get your positive message across, I've interviewed over 5,000 guest experts in my four decades of doing this work. So I would love to help you. So again, write to me, patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.